Hey, everybody. This is Connor, producer of the Yellowbird Connect podcast. We've got a really, really great one for you this week. Kyle is in the studio talking with Alex Safatis, co-owner of JWB Real Estate. Alex is going to be our keynote speaker at the Connect event for June coming up this Thursday. And he's here today talking a little bit about the recession myth. We'll jump right into the conversation, but I just want to remind you, if you want to hear even more from Alex and Kyle, make sure you stop by the Connect event this Thursday, June 6th at 6 p.m. at the Jacksonville Golf and Country Club. Have a good week. The main reason we started Connect is to give everyone the opportunity to do what I did. We wanted to be able to offer the real estate community, especially locally, something new, something that was fresh. And if we can help a couple people change their lives through this education, just one person or two people come up to me saying, man, that was awesome. Like what you put on was great. And it'd be a huge win for everyone. If you've gotten any value at all from this Yellowbird podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Kyle Paskowitz. You're on Yellowbird Connect podcast. I'm here with one of my best friends and special guest, Alex Safakis with JDBB. What's up, guys? How are you? Happy to be we, here. Thanks just, for having me. We just cracked open a beer. Cheers. And we're going to kind of flow and uh, see what we can talk about. Not so, the first beer that we drank together. Not the first beer. We can go back. I was just saying back to you know Halo days in college and... In the hoose. Yeah. Um, you, you were flipping houses a lot earlier than I was. We were When we were in college, you were already in real estate, weren't you? I got I got in real estate my sophomore year. So I did, a, I did like summer. Like yeah, it was, summer Halo flips. was junior year. So, so yeah, it was, yeah, by that time I was, an, I was a pro. I was always wondering how you were so rich in college. I was, a, and, I, I was the guy that could yeah. afford the controllers <laughs> and all the paint, you know, like the paintball, yeah. uh, had like 12 paintball guns. Every time we go play paintball is the one that had to bring the guns yeah. and all the paintballs. Yeah, you were balling. That was it. That was it. I was, I was balling. college balling, <laughs> which you didn't need much living in Gainesville going $5 all you could drink. No, no, you we didn't. Did well. So Alex, for everybody that doesn't, doesn't know you that does not know who you are tell everybody a little bit about yourself where you came from and how you made it here today to be a special guest <laughs> so uh, my company is jwb real estate capital so a residential real estate company based here in jacksonville our, our key business we sell turnkey rental properties we, we flip rental properties um, basically we buy a home renovate it rent it out sell it to an investor that wants to own it as a long-term rental property and then we continue to manage it for them afterwards. Yep. Um, and we, we sell about 400 properties a year, been in business you know, since we graduated college. Yep. Me and Alex actually ran into, for you guys that go to networking events, we were friends in college, kind of probably when we graduated, probably didn't hear from each other. And I think we ran into each other at a trade show at Jack's Rhea, Yep. probably two years after graduation, a year or two years after graduation. And you know, I was there already doing some business. I think you just started. And yeah. You might've been a couple months into it. We, we, Greg and I, so my business partner, Greg Cohen, and I started in 2000, 2006, like January 2006. And we, st- we were in Jack's Rhea pretty soon after that. So it was yeah. probably right when we started. And I graduated which was, in May. So of yeah, 2006. So it'd, be, it'd be right after that. I went, I went an extra semester to get another football season in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went four and a half years. So I would have just graduated when I yeah. moved up here. So you've been up here doing it for a while. So we, uh, yeah. yeah, we ran into each other and it was like, dude, what are you doing? You're real estate. Oh, really? Me the same thing. And we were... <laughs> What's, what's kind of cool about, it, I would say both of our stories and we were actually roommates for a while and we've been friends for a long time, but we both entered the exact same business at the exact same time, but we took completely different paths, Yep. you know, but we're still both kind of successful in our own ways, did our, grew our own companies. Um, yeah, and, and it's been, and it's been fun to kind of see the differences. And I don't know about you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you didn't have any real estate experience before you started. Like no, family. Just, no, not even and, from, not from family. Yeah. Kind of same thing for me. So my, sure. my mom's a teacher, dad's a cook, grew up in Massachusetts, 
moved down to Orlando for high school and then went to UF. And throughout that time, didn't, wasn't really interested in real estate, didn't really know anything about it. And then you know, it was 2005, the real estate market was red hot and decided I wanted to start a business of some kind and just did a bunch of research and figured out real estate was the, the right place to be. Definitely. But, and it's kind of like, like you didn't, there wasn't, wasn't really any secret. It. Yeah. You fell, fell into it yeah. and it's not, it, it's a lot of hard work, but it's not really complicated. No. You, know, you just, you just got to. It gets easier once you, the longer you're in it, the more you do, it gets yeah. a lot easier. A lot easier. But tell me about, so, so JDBB's selling turnkey rentals. For the people that are interested in that, tell me who's your buyer? Who's your buyer? Who's the person you want to talk to? Like who's your biggest customer base? So our, our typical customer is somebody that doesn't, they're not in real estate full time. So they're a doctor, an attorney, a business owner, an executive, um, typically younger, 35 to 45, typically with young families is really our, our age range, our target market. Mm-hmm. And they want, they know they want to invest in real estate because they're interested in it, but don't have the ability to do that themselves. So they rely on us who finds the properties, renovates them, finds a re- does handles everything for them. And they just get the, the great returns. And typically our clients are not here in Jacksonville. Maybe 10% of our turnkey clients are here in Jacksonville. The rest are all across the country in California and New York, mostly places that have much higher real estate prices sure. in here. That's and they're, attractive. Yeah. They're blown away that you can buy a home for a hundred grand or 150 grand. So no, definitely. Yep. No. And it's uh, what's, what's another thing that's kind of crazy is, you know, when we first started, let's go back to 2006, but I would even say probably like 2012, there wasn't any, you know, institutional property management. It was all mom and pops. It was all like fly by the seat of your pants. One property manager managing a hundred homes himself. There was no scale to that. And that's something I think you guys have done, you know, a lot different than us. We've just managed our own houses, but you guys have actually brought scale to it and some technology and stuff that has really changed it. Cause it wasn't here, you know, even five years ago. Um, and so I've seen your property. I don't know how many houses you guys manage today. I know you said, I think it's, over 3,000. Yeah. It's almost 3,200. So I mean, that's today. crazy. Like, I mean, think about like, yeah, five years ago, nobody probably managed over two or 300 houses yeah. in, in an individual office. Yeah. So. so it's, it's definitely changed a lot. And I think that it's, it's been a good thing for the real estate industry as a whole, because there's a level of professionalism now that by and large, not saying that nobody was professional before them, but by and large, that wasn't in the industry before. Sure. So it's a, I mean, it's a it benefit for really everyone. Before the REITs and before all the big guys, it, it never existed. No. You know, right. and now there's, what the cool thing is, is, you know, the service is a lot better. So you're getting better service. There's better technology. There's, it's more convenient for tenants to pay, pay rent, do maintenance calls. All Just that. in the last five years. Some it's of the, I mean, changed. right now we are a hundred percent electronic payments. Yeah. So, and our average rents are, you know, in the $1,100 range. So we have, we have a bunch of rents that are $800, $900 where people typically would not think yeah. that that resident is going to be an electronic pay, but we are a hundred percent on electronic pay. Yeah. Um, we've invested a lot in technology recently, building on a new platform and those sort of things that just make it much a better, a much better experience yeah. for our clients. Yeah. Well, and you, and like you've been able to ride the coattails of all this money that's been backed by all these other guys. So like all these other like advancements in technology and, and property management softwares and everything probably wouldn't be as far if they didn't have the push from the people that were owning 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 homes. So all that stuff's kind of pushing that. Yeah. That the, whole thing and making it better for everybody. And then the little guys, the little mom and pops just can't play in that game anymore. They can't afford to buy that new software, that new system, Yeah, you know, and keep up with it or even learn how to use it. Exactly. You know, the institutionalization of real estate has changed a lot. And if, as long as you've taken advantage of it in the right ways, then it's made it better. But it, if you didn't keep up, then, you know, it definitely put a lot of people out of business too. Sure. So. so how many, so the people that you're selling stuff to, how many, is it, is it mainly everybody buying one house, two houses, five houses? What's kind of the, 
you know, what's the so, goal? I mean, obviously you're trying to sell as many as you can. Our at the clients, same time, what is it, you know, is it, <laughs> is it setting up a system for them? Like buy one a quarter. So we, know? we really, we ask our clients what their goals are and we try to figure out what they're trying to achieve. And then we'll, we'll create a, a plan for them on how many houses they should buy and when they should buy them. Mm-hmm. Typically we want to sell at least three houses to somebody because then if, if a house goes vacant, you only own one house, then sure. your whole income stream is gone. But if you diversify, is gone. exactly, you get at least three homes, one goes vacant. It's not the end of the world. And our, our clients typically buy three to 15 properties. You yeah. know, we don't, we don't have too many people with 40 or 50 or 60 properties. It's yeah. typically that, that person in that kind of three to three sure. to 15 range. Yeah. And, and, uh, so let's go in and talk about, you're going to speak next week or I guess, yeah, next week at connect. And you have this recession. So excited. Myth. So I want to hear. I want to hear about. Well, we're excited to have you, but I want to hear about this recession myth. And and I've I've heard nothing about it other than the uh, tagline of the recession myth written by Alex Safakis. Yeah. So what so, what do you think it's about? I'm, I'm guessing recession, but I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, there's yeah, a lot in the. Clues, that was a really good guess. You're crushing it. But but no. Uh, I mean, what is so? What's your what's your theory right now? Because this is probably going to be aired after, so the people yeah. that are there are going to hear your little pitch. But this can be. Gotcha. Kind of aired for everybody else that can't attend. Yeah. So the the recession myth is that recessions are these gigantic catastrophic catastrophic events that just crush the real estate market. And if you own homes, they're you know worth fifty percent of what they are. And and it's just this, like I said, just this catastrophic event because the last recession was a totally catastrophic event. Sure. And so and you know, everyone is in, most of the people who are in real estate right now, you know didn't live through the last one, which was in, you know, the early two thousands. Um, and if they did, they've really even forgotten that because this last one was so bad. But if you go back and you look at the actual data nationwide in the, the four recessions prior to 2008. So the four recessions dating back to, you know, the, the early eighties taking out 2008 nationwide across the country, real estate actually only uh, fell in two of those. And, the most that it fell was 0.9%. So less than 1%, uh, the market fell nationwide. Now in, in certain areas, so if you're in Houston during, you know, the, the oil embargo, you know, real estate fell 30% there, but in Charlotte, it was still going up. Yeah. So, so recessions are not these giant catastrophic events. They're normally just slowdowns. And, and so understanding that will, will change the way people behave because we all expect, we know at some point there's going to be another recession. At some point, the market's going to slow down. The market may depreciate. But if we understand that more than likely, it's not going to be a thing where home prices fall, you know, 50% or 30% or even 10%. Um, And going to Jacksonville specific data, because we're we're really lucky here in Jacksonville with a a really diverse economy. We've got some, you know, the naval bases and everything else going for us. Great weather, people moving to Florida. So, through the last four recessions prior to 2008, real estate has never um, fallen in Jacksonville. So real estate actually appreciated through the last four recessions prior to anywhere from 0.7 to 10% yeah. per year. And, and so that's really the myth. And there's, there's a lot of data behind it. But in essence, it's that in a recession, typically home prices just slow down. They don't, they don't plummet. Sure. And that will, and also that with the, you know, offshoot of that is we will, we probably will never see a buying opportunity like we did oh, there's no way. in 2008, there's, I mean, be, which, so it's, it, it's, for, I mean, you got to think this, I mean, just this day and age, I mean, it's 2012. I mean, the institutional guys were four years after they could have came in, yep. you know, but, but they're here now they're capitalized now. 
Yeah. There'll be a lot of money. Pouring. There's a even huge, on, even there's a, a huge backstop. So, so, so a huge backstop. Right. That was so never there. Even in the event that there is some sort of financial or economic conditions that, that would have allowed home prices to slide, um, like they did, like you said, there's this, you know, institutional money backstop that's going to pick up properties much faster. Um, but I, I, what I'm saying is that I don't even think there'll be an, an economic event that would be that bad for another 80 years. Mm-hmm. You know, we, there were, we had the great depression, we had the, the great recession. We're, we're probably a ways off from some event that would cause home prices to fall that much again. Um, so it's, it's a good thing if you're owning property and investing in property, because stability is great, but it is a little bit bittersweet, you know, for you and I, because sure. we came, we came up when we timed it right. We, there was just properties everywhere. It was yep. so easy to buy. It was incredible deals. And I know, I mean, you guys bought more than probably anyone around here. Mm-hmm. And I know you're still kicking yourselves for not buying 10 oh, times as much, well, we, right? We, we, joke, we say it all the time. <laughs> we, own, we own 1100 rentals. And the sad thing is we could own 5,000 in our sleep because we bought that many houses. I, we just had to sell them and, and move them and, and uh, we turned down stuff. We, would, we were talking, I was telling somebody about the tax deed auction last week. And we would sit there at the tax deed auction and we'd have, you know, maybe $150,000 of cash available that day. And we'd buy 17 houses. Yeah. And we'd sit there and there'd be houses for like nice, like houses up in Tulula area. And they'd be $8,200. And it would go to $8,300. And we'd say, no, nah, I don't want to buy that now, one. Let's let that one pass. We'll pick up some at the end of the auction. And uh, literally for $100, we're like, yeah. these houses that today are worth 100 Yeah. You know, just go buy. And we were literally sitting there. We were that, like, kind of scared, not scared of what we were doing, but we weren't comfortable out to just go borrow money and just load up. And the money was there. We just didn't look hard enough. Our minds were, we thought 17 was crazy. The truth of the matter is we could have picked up 50 per auction, you know, for a couple of years. Yeah. And Um, that was where the market was. And we were still pretty shell shocked. I mean, we, we had some rough years throughout. I mean, we started in 06 and so 06 was great. It was so easy. We got in, you know, it was, we were making money, had some newspaper articles written about us. And then 07 hit. And I just remember, I think it was, it was, um, it was September 07 when the credit markets crashed and Lehman brothers and all that stuff. And it was the next year and a half were rough. Yeah, I mean, everybody. we were trying to figure out how we were going to make it out of this. And, you know, the good thing was both of us kept the doors open, stayed That's in it. it and paid all of our investors back and did the right thing yeah. so that when that buying opportunity came, we were able to, for sure to clean so everybody up. that's out there that thinks that, you know, in a year or two years, they're just going to start stealing properties at 50% again, and they're going to be out there flooded. I mean, I, I agree. I don't see it. Yeah. Like I just don't see it. There's no foreclosure data that shows a bunch of inventory coming through. In fact, no. it's sort of the opposite. So I think a lot of the sources, like a lot of stuff that I've always lived on, like the foreclosure auction, things like that. I mean, they're, they're drying up already. And I think they're going to continue to, you know, dry up yep. really in the future. And I just don't, I don't see the, uh, see that as the, you know, a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, that's so everyone that's kind of sitting on the sidelines and waiting for this, you know, magical big price reduction. Hey, I'm going to load up in two years when the market crashes. And I, I, I kind of completely agree with that I don't see, we're going to see anything, you know, we might see a slowdown. We might see some minor changes in prices or, yeah. or even just, you know, the point that we don't, we haven't seen in a couple of years where you put a house on the market and you don't get any showings for two weeks. You know, right now you put a house on the market, you get 15 showings and three offers over the weekend. Especially if it's less than 200 grand. Yeah, you know? if it's, yeah, if you're in the right price point. We haven't seen that. And I think I think at some point we'll see that. We'll yeah. see it where there's just not as many buyers out there. Of course. And I honestly think, I think we'll be in a financial recession within the next year. Like So where the, you know, you have the stock market, you sure. know, tumbles 20%, whatever it is. Um, but I just, I, I don't feel that it's going to greatly impact 
the real estate market um, and nothing like we saw. Um, and especially here in Jacksonville with extremely low inventory, a ton of people moving here. Yeah. I actually think that the, the market in, in Jacksonville, if you had to break it out, that is most susceptible to price declines would be the higher end of the market. Um, historically, if you look at um, home price decreases and its correlation to the stock market, the higher price homes have a really strong correlation mm-hmm. to the stock market. So when the stock market falls, people that have a lot of money typically have a lot of money in stocks and they you know, and I think we'll we've start already felt that a little bit. Like I think yeah. I've already seen the higher end stuff, at least for us, the stuff that we put on the market, the four to six hundred thousand dollar stuff. It's not that it's not selling, but it's just less. Well, it's like less activity. It's less showings. It's, yep. I think you know, like we've, I, we've already felt it. I agree totally that it's it seems to me right now in Jacksonville, the the lower stuff, so below two fifty, it's flying off the shelf. Yeah. The middle range has slowed down a little bit. It's still selling, like you said, but not as fast. The high end actually is still cranking along pretty good. So, you know, seven fifty and up mm-hmm. is still selling pretty well right now from what we've seen. And I think that that that's the market that whenever the next recession is will slow down. Um but but yeah, we don't we don't we're we're not cha- we're not not buying anything right now, expecting to get a better deal later on. Sure, we're still we're still buying, you know, forty to fifty properties a month right now. We'll we'll probably buy we'll buy five hundred to six hundred this year, which is awesome. Um, and uh, we're not kicking our butt. <laughs> I hate to say it. I feel like I've been. I feel like for the last couple of years or for a while we've been smoking. Today the, it's like the, the tides. The are tables. The, 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 the tables turn. The past. I, I think twenty twenty sixteen so, and guys, seventeen. We bought seven hundred properties each of those years. Yeah, and then that's awesome. We did a little bit over five hundred last year. You guys also year. have a huge pipeline of lots and developments and other stuff that kind of has you know yeah. really has you years in advance of inventory. And that, which the, is, which is, you know, a really comfortable position, especially in you, as you build your property management company and you build your scale within the selling and in the management side, it really sets you guys up for a long term. Yep. Yeah. And we love the new construction side. I mean, this year out of the 400 properties that will sell more than half will be new construction, That's awesome. um, which I mean, they make great rental properties because yeah. there's very little maintenance. They run out quickly and all that. Um, and recently we've actually gotten into a lot of land development. So we're developing close to a thousand lots where we, you know, you buy 25 acres and entitle it and put in the roads and all that. Yeah. And, uh, so that's been, been a big part of what I we're mean, doing. You were one of the too. first pioneers of built to rent. Yeah. So, I mean, you really, you were doing built to rent before even the built to rent well, model even existed before anyone, before people talked about before it. anyone had heard of it. It was so, 2011. I know. And, um, and you actually were building houses, selling them turnkey for $85,000. We did. I can't. Brand new houses. It's unbelievable. You can't even, even build the, if you had the land for I free, can't, you I can't it, even right? build a house with that nowadays. Yeah. We I, I remember our first home that we built, um, we got the lot for, I think three grand and built a 1229 square foot house for 53 grand, yeah. which today that exact house would cost me 85 just to build. Yep. So it was, it was crazy. Like it is said, crazy. I mean, that's, I mean, that's us. We've, we've noticed one of our hardest things that we deal with is, you know, I would say ever since hurricane Irma, you know, a year and a half ago, I mean, 40% price increases on every single yeah. line item. So whether it's new construction, whether it's flips, anything else, what, what I used to spend 40, I spend 60. And like, and I have no way around it. Like I can't figure it out. Well, you like, can't even, well, you can't find people to do the work. No. It, there's, there's such a, um, a, a there's a, just a lack of skilled labor right now. And so the people that knew how to do it, plumbers, electricians, they can charge whatever the hell they want yep. because we need to pay it to get them exactly. to do it. So that, that part's, that part's been brutal for, but the good thing is, is, you know, you can sit around and complain and people, especially you know, we'll have our meetups and a lot of people complain about construction prices and it's like, everyone's dealing with it. Figure it out. It, like it is what it is. Yeah. You it's can, like it's everybody not, deals with it. It's like politics. It, hey, everyone <laughs> has to deal with it. So who cares? Yeah. Like why fight something that everybody deals with? Yep. Like, you just, it works itself out. Life works itself out. There's always a way to make money. Back in the day, we could put a 
a 30 grand number in for a retail flip and now it's a 50 grand number exactly. and you just got to buy it better, buy, buy it differently. Better. Yep. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. So, so what do you think? One more, let's do one more question kind of that's been on my mind and we've talked about it a little bit differently, but what about this iBuyer stuff? So I know we've <laughs> had the talk. So now I'm going to get you on, on camera, on audio and tell me about what do you think is going to happen? Are you going to, are you going to commit to your $50 million? Uh, no, I really want to do it. I'm not going to commit to it. I'm going to talk. It. It's going to be like, monop- it's going to be like monopoly money. Or it's going like, to push uh, you into it. Yeah, no, it's going to, I wish they, they need to have a, I'm going to set up one of those like fake brokerage accounts, yep. you know, like you did when you were in high school, exactly. Like the stock so market game. See and what see. would have happened. And so I'm going to do a big position and do, I've actually already made it public on Zillow. And I think it was at like 36 80 a share and right now it's like 41 <laughs> really? so I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, be losing pretty be, bad already you'd be, you'd be in, in the hole already. but um, but I still stand firm to my 36 something a share 36 80 I think it was yeah so, so so what Kyle's talking about right now is this so the the i buyer phenomenon which is a lot of companies that are looking it's typically it's just a home flipping model built off of technology so you have like open door now zillow's doing it it's offer pad that are trying to streamline the we buy houses process do it with a much smaller margin which will get the home seller more money um and in order to make that work they have to do it very efficiently or they're at a lot of risk of losing money or if the market falls they're at a lot of risk of losing money and so i have I've been a huge skeptic of it for a long time. And just in the last six months, I've been changing my tune on it. Kyle's still a extreme skeptic. Extreme he thinks skeptic. all these companies are going out of business. They're going to get wiped off the face of the earth. Um, where I, I think that in the long run, they're going to figure it out right now. You know, uh, open door, I think has a six and a half or eight and a half percent margin, something like that. So if they think your home's worth a hundred grand, they're going to pay you 92 grand for it. Um, which is a really slim margin. Obviously, most of the time, a home flipper is going to try to buy that for 70. 70. Um, so it gets this home seller a ton more money, and they have to operate on a much smaller margin. And I think that right now, I mean, all these companies have raised a ton of you know VC capital, and they're, they're burning through cash. None, no one of them are making money. No. Um, but the, business, the model right now isn't to make money. It's to figure out what the model is. So in the long run, maybe... They can't do it on an 8% margin. They do it on an 11% margin. But I think they will figure out the business model and be able to make money off of it. And no matter what that margin is, it's going to be a hell of a lot less than me, than, than or you, you or me yeah. or anyone. No, exactly. So, you know, long term, I think it's something that, that um, you know, home flippers need to keep an eye on. And if you, you know, look at stats in your market for what percentage of properties are selling to iBuyers, what they're selling for, what they're listing for. I think actually, I mean, this might be something that you guys could look at is some sort of database um, for, for sharing information on what the iBuyers are doing. And because I think that it has, it has a, a high likelihood at this point of pushing out a lot of, of real estate investors potentially if they, if they figure out the model and they can pay more and they don't all go out of business in a ball of flames, then it's, it's going to change a lot about sure. what, about what, you know, the home flipping business looks like. Yeah. Well, I think there's, and it's one of those things that's where I've been doing the same thing for 15 years. I've done nothing else. My whole skill up skill set is completely based upon what they're doing <laughs> and, and start and look at their numbers and diagnosing it and looking how their operations are set up and the overhead, the staff, like all the pieces. There's so many things that in there that scare the crap out of me from their business model. Um, and again, I don't know, I don't know whether I'm right or wrong. Just the hunch, like the hunch, the hair behind your neck, like whatever it is stands up every time I, someone says it. And it just doesn't feel right. And you know, I, in, in every form, everything, <laughs> like there's so many different, I worry a lot about like disclosures. I worry a lot about 
um, and I say disclosures, like them disclosing a sales price. So if they're telling a homeowner, hey, your home is worth 200 and then they list it for 220 I just worry. It's not that I don't think their offers are really fair because I think they're more than fair. They're super generous. But when you're telling a homeowner that it's worth 200 then you list it for 220 and you don't do any work to it, there's always that issue of public, you know, you're, you're deceiving the public. Mm-hmm. And I know within what we do, it's very, you know, being a realtor, doing all that stuff, like it's, it's very frowned upon. It. And then they're so big with massive numbers and massive marketing. Um, the realtors in general are scared crap. You know, they're scared that they're going to take over their whole industry and there's going to be no realtors anymore. Yeah. Um, so those are the guys you, and you don't want to fight the realtors. You like, you don't want to fight the associations and all that that's out there. So there's little things like that, that scare me. There's, there's things, uh, you know, pulling permits and dealing with like having to buy houses back for not doing stuff right. Like the bigger you are, the more you do, the more you're looked at, the more you're scrutinized. I'm sure you guys, if you guys were doing one house a month, you probably would never have to worry about construction and workers comp on your jobs and buying houses back. But now you got to make sure you do all that. But now you're doing 50 houses a month. Yeah. You've got to be, make sure all your eyes are crossed, all your, you know, everything's, everything's right and perfect. Um, so I was concerned about that. And then just the, the, the margins and, and whether or not there's one thing about spending a bunch of money for market share. There's another thing about proving the model and making sure it's right and making sure that you can make, make money in those margins. And I think in a appreciating market, you can get away with a lot more, but like you said, if the market just slows down or just even dips 5% or 3% or something minor, you take all the skin, you know, you take anything out of the game and are they going to react to that quick enough? Like, are they going to recognize that fast enough and make sure that they're exiting um, instead of just sitting there holding and, you know, right now in Jacksonville, if you own, I think last month they bought around a hundred homes. I know the month before they bought, I think 50, hundred homes, 55 in Jacksonville. So they have 150 Which houses. Just open door, open about a hundred homes. So just from, just from what I've pulled. Oh. And, and if you look at that right now, we, how does that show up rain, on the property appraiser? Just, just pulling, just pulling the property. Records. Does it say open door? Yeah. It yeah. Is. They're buying under open door. Really? So, but just, um, I mean, it hasn't rained in two weeks. So they're buying a bunch of HOA, nice neighborhoods, lawns. We've been getting crushed on lawns. If you're in an HOA neighborhood right now and you're not watering your grass, you're going to replace your grass. It's four grand. Yeah. And so like if you're an open door thing and like it's just the same thing we dealt with when I dealt with the hedge funds, like you don't get, they don't get leniency. They're not a homeowner. So if, if you're selling your house and it's an HOA, you hike, you get a stop a letter. They go out there to check and make sure the house looks good for transfer and the, the lawn's fried they're going to ask you prior to close to replace the grass Yeah, and little stuff like that, that like we deal with all the time and we kind of, that's their full, we margin. calculate into our numbers, but for them, that's their, that's their profit margin yeah. is the sod that they have to replace. And so like, there's little things and it's really hard when you have 150 houses that are sitting there in transition to keep up with grass, you know, and keep up with all this little stuff. And they're, they're, those are the things that like, you don't think about when you start scaling it up. You're not, Hey, I mean, I'm sure you guys, much you guys got going on your utility bill has to be ridiculous. I mean, how many, if you go house by house, how many times do you have $800 utility bills on $50,000 houses that you just, the water was running underneath the house or somebody left didn't something on or the yeah. air, air conditioning was set on 60 degrees for, you know, there was two units and it was set on all month yep. and nobody went inside and you look at your bill and, you're, and it was $800. And those are the things on such lean margins that you don't think about. Yeah. Um, that those little pieces of loose change and the market conditions and, you know, a hurricane comes through and causes $4,000 of damage yeah. on average per house. And you're only, you're only going to make $4,000 per house. You're just already lean. I just, I, I agreed with you for a long time. And that was my first thing is this will never work. It's a crazy business model, but I think that they'll, they have enough money to burn that they'll figure out what the right margin is so that they can make some amount of money on sure. it. And 
and then whatever it will be, like I said, it'll be more than yeah, yeah. They're not more just, than they're, what, not, what, they're gonna have to adjust that. What what we can pay, yeah, and they'll they'll figure that out. And they have, I mean, they're buying so they're buying a hundred homes just here in Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, how many homes hold homes sold in the MLS last month? Like twenty three hundred, something like that. So I mean, they're almost five percent of the entire market yeah. here in Jacks. It's crazy. That, that fast within two months, two and a half months. That's opening it. a lot of houses. Yeah. really quickly but but i've also heard their their same thing was they're going to slow down and do like 30 a month mm -hmm. the rest of the year was based on the, the guy who's operating right now so they're gonna they bought a bunch they loaded up and then they're probably at that oh crap moment yeah right now what do, what do <laughs> yeah. we do next gotta figure it out so it'll we'll be interesting see. it'll be it'll we'll be super see. interesting you know but i mean everybody else i, went I hope like, you're right yeah. and you you know put down the 50 million dollar bet so i can ride around in your jet all the time. I so. do too. I hope I'm right. My, my <laughs> Monopoly money account just, just shows some big number just so I can say, told you so I should have done it. But what else you got? Anything else you guys got going and burning right now? I know you're going out to IMN this week. Yeah. Exci excited for IMN. I'll, I'll see you there on, on Wednesday. It's for always sure. a good conference. So the IMN conference is a big institutional uh, single family real estate conference where, you know, invitation homes and American homes rent all these, uh, you know, everyone that plays in that nationwide institutional market comes together and, it's always a really good time. You learn a lot. Have you got any big you know, plans? Anybody you're meeting with? Anybody important or anything uh, you're trying to no, accomplish? Nobody important. No, at this point, it's really, it's really catching up. Just trying to stay up with all the new trends. Um, I'm meeting with some some build to rent guys um, that are interested in potentially purchasing some of our stuff. But yeah. nothing nothing too crazy. It's just to keep keep my pulse on the market. Really, sure. at this point, so, sure. you. You know, same thing. I mean, it's all, it's, it's, you know, you go every single, I go twice a year to them, one's out in South Florida and one's in uh, Arizona. And it's always the same thing. It's catching up with the same people that you haven't seen in six months, kind of see what they got going on. It's funny because the industry is full of people. They're all like, it's incestuous. So they're all flopping, you know, they're working for this company. Then <laughs> they, the you, you get there and you always realize they're now working for the competitor because they yeah. got paid $50,000 more salary or $20,000 more salary or, or some stock option or whatever, whatever <laughs> drew them to the next spot. So it's always interesting seeing that. And then, I mean, the, the crazy thing is we've been going for, you know, five or six years now, I think. And like the room, I think started with a hundred people and now there's probably 2000 people that attend. Yeah. So just as the business has evolved and like institutionalized and all these little spur off businesses and all these crazy ideas that are kind of started off of, you know, one thing that happened five years ago, you know, it's cool to kind of keep up with it and see what all these things are and what people have going on. And, and, uh, it's also kind of always enlightening because you can look across the room and people have all kinds of stuff going on, but it's also, you can really look at it and say, you know, well, we have as much going on. You guys, especially you have probably more going on. I don't know anyone in the country doing 50 deals a month right now outside of a big hedge fund, you know, and, outside of an open door or something like that. Like it doesn't exist. Yeah, and and I, when I, I travel this stuff. I, I walk out of the room almost every time feeling like the biggest guy there outside of the American homes for rent invitation, the guys that just already own 50,000 homes. But when you look at like the private, you know, smaller companies, as far as private guys, you like, guys, are up there tops in the country with 1100 homes yeah. and there's I mean, not there's not said, that many said, people there's a guy in, in jacksonville about three weeks ago had dinner with and he works for a big one of the bigger reits out there and he was a uh, very analytical knows exactly who owns what across the country and he's like yeah you guys are in the top 15 in yeah. the country of holdings and that's, and that's cool. including american homes for rent and invitation and amherst and all these guys that own you know 10,000 plus homes and we're in the top 15. And I was like, I, I still don't believe it. Like, I still don't think it can actually be true, but, um, but it's, it's kind of crazy to think. Even if it's it only is. top 25, it's, it's, top pretty, 25 it's, it's still pretty, pretty good. It's still pretty good. And you guys are you know it's probably right good. there with that. And I know you're growing your stuff and, and you're doing a lot more than we are now. So it's pretty awesome. Well, cheers. Appreciate cheers. it. Yeah. See you in Miami yeah. or see you in South Florida out. and uh, looking forward to it. Everybody come out to connect next Thursday and, uh, 
hear Alex talk about the myth and everything else that's going on. We're doing a Q&A, so if anyone has any questions, uh, reach out, and we'll see you then. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you.